Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Living Hope Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information about our church, please visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com. There's, uh, you know, as a first responder, you never really know, you know, like what you're going to get when you roll up on the scene, you know, right? And some of it can be quite serious. Some of it, it's kind of no big deal. Uh, some of it's actually quite comical. Just the other day, I, they, they had the audio clip of a kid who had called 911 uh, for help with his math homework. And, um, and, and the dispatcher was great, you know, it's like, well, what are you working on? Give me the problem. And, and then you hear the mom in the background you know, and she's like, who are you, who are you calling? And, you know, and the kid's like, well, you said call 911 if I needed help. And she's like, not with math, you know. And so I don't know what kind of repercussions uh, happened on, on that. I know we were on a call once, um, and so it was, it was a lift assist. Some dear, sweet uh, grandma lady had fallen in, in the middle of the night and was stuck and needed help up. And so, you know, there's like, I don't know, three, four, five of us crammed into her bathroom and, you know, the poor gal's just wearing a nightgown, and we're trying to get her all squared away. And, and in the course of it, someone had said, well, you know, this is Luke, you know, because we're introducing ourselves. We get ready to help her up. And, you know, someone said, he's the pastor over here. You know, and she's like, oh, you're the pastor. Oh, I've been wanting to meet you. You know, I was like, well, it's, I, it's nice to meet you too, ma'am. Um, <laughs> there are easier ways, um, but, but this works too. It's nice, nice to meet you. So, but th- there's also this very real sense, you know, in, it, when, when you roll up that, that you just don't know what you're, you're going to get into. And, and you're very aware that there are some cases where this is just absolutely like the worst day of this person's life. Like someone's life just got destroyed and you're the first person there to, to interact with them. Um, I was actually at the gym one morning, um, this was a couple years ago, um, and, you know, it's kind of a group kind of class format, and, and so we're working out, um, and a police officer arrived in the middle of the workout uh, and asked for, for someone in particular, and, you know, well, so-and-so here, and, you know, and they were, and so this, you know, this person went over to the police officer, and then this police officer whispered to them that their spouse had just been killed in a, in a car accident. And she just, just collapsed. I mean, just, just crumpled. And, um, you know, people from the, the, the gym, you know, kind of surrounded her. Uh, and then, I mean, the police officer just kind of discreetly left. And um, a lot of things going through my mind, but, but part of my heart just went out to that police officer. Be like, man, that, that's a rough job. You know, when something comes over the radio, be like, hey, I need you to swing by this location and tell this person this news, you know. And I just, and I thought, who, who comforts them, right, when it's all said and done? Um, I've asked a couple people to, to come and share a bit of their story, a bit of their experience. Pat's going to share first, uh, and, then, and then Craig and Mark, and so they, they can come on up. And um, part of just us... Yeah, just wanting to, to say thank you and, and honoring those, um, those around us. So 
some of you have seen me maybe in a different situation as I'm walking up here. Uh, I will stay focused and I will be good. God is good. I was asked to make a comment about our EMTs, known as emergency medical technicians. My story is, it was a spring day in 2020 when I went to get my meds from the pharmacy. COVID was happening and I was to go to the North Pharmacy door and the gal would bring them to me. I drove up, thought I had put the Durango in, in park and got out to get my package. I saw the vehicle was backing up, so I tried to get back in. The door swung open and I realized I was falling to the street. The rest is not clear to me. I felt something, a tug, a pull, I don't know. The policeman was there, known as John, took care of my vehicle that had crossed both streets and was on its way to travel. Someone went to get Marv. I heard familiar voices telling me, stay calm, telling me it will be okay, telling me help is coming, telling me to take deep breaths and stay awake. 911 was called. And you know, we are so blessed to have first responders right here in our town and our community. The team took over and were very confident at the scene. They knew what to do and went into action. Pastor Luke became not only my pastor, but the first responder to get the rescue unit there. And after the decision was made not to disturb the leg, I was put on the cot and transported to the ER. So Pastor Luke knows how much I weigh. And, <laughs> and there the ER team was waiting for me. The hospital doctors and the nurses were prepared not only to treat me, but get, to get me ready for my next ride in the rescue unit to take me to Bryan Trauma Hospital, where I had a team waiting to help me. The weeks ahead, I would go through five intense surgeries by myself. Marv would wait eagerly in the parking lot to hear how the surgeries went. Because of COVID, I was sent back to Henderson and Marv would be able to drive me to Brian for the trauma nurses to change my bandages. While I was at the Henderson Hospital, I realized something, how often those ER doors opened and the EMTs were bringing patients in it was any hour of the day, the first responders are always on call. Now when I think back to that accident, I am grateful for the people in our community who are especially trained and certified to give the basic service to victims with trauma or illness before they are transported to the hospital. To see and to know that familiar face and is such a peaceful feeling. Thank you for your compassion and your devotion to help others. Thank you for your bravery and selfless service. Thank you for the many hours of training that I know includes many months and three nights a week and then training every month that you have done to complete that exam. Thank you to the rescue unit drivers that transport us on busy roads that keep us safe 
and the EMTs that go with the patients, that is, in need. I am grateful for your unselfish and giving heart that you all have. We are blessed to have such committed people in our town and community that support and work well with each other. I say thank you. Well, my name's Craig Quaring. Uh, grew up here, lived by Bradshaw. Kids go to school here in Heartland. Um, yeah, you know, Pastor Luke started talking about this First Responder Sunday here quite a while back, and I thought, well, that's a great idea. I think this is, this is awesome. And then he started talking about having people share stories, and I thought, well, that's a really good idea. Uh, well, I hope, hope he has people who can share a little bit. And uh, I thought, yeah, that's cool. And then all of a sudden he called me and he said, hey, would you want to talk about this incident? And I go, oh, I forgot about that. Sure, because I think it'd be really cool to say thank you. And that, that was what got me going was to say thank you. Then I remembered that I have to get up here to do that and that I have to actually tell the story. And then Christine, she tells me, so why don't you just write it out? Well, here it is. I did not do that. But basically what happened about a year ago I got a phone call from somebody, I don't remember who it was, um, told us we had a building on fire. It was a building on a yard, and uh, building's on fire, brother's pickup is parked in front of it, pickup was toast, I mean, it was completely on fire. Um, yeah, it was just out of control. So I think at that point, the fire department had already been called. Um, and, and I think I, I remember telling another friend or another guy that had called me and told me about it. I said, well, we were doing soybeans at the time. We hadn't even started corn yet. So we had all our acres of corn to go yet. And our corn head was parked in the building right next to it. I said, well, that building's toast. Um, there's nothing, nothing in there that's going to stop harvest. But the header is in the building next to it. Just whatever they got to do to save that header. Um, so looked at that and then also they, it's also surrounded by grain bins around there and um, you know, I don't think I even mentioned that to him but by the time I got back to the yard dad was within a couple miles he was already over there kind of giving directions or whatever but by the time I got there it was probably half an hour the building was mostly gone already um, but the fire, fire department was watering the building that had the header in it they were watering the different bins around it. Um, they knew right where to go. And uh, the thing that I remember was the panic in my heart. Um, you know, it's just a fire. It's just a building. But, yeah, it was just kind of a panic. Um, but they weren't. They were pretty controlled, um, very professional. And, uh, you know, Luke talked about you never know what you roll up on. But, again, it was just a building. But, but for us, it was, it was pretty big. And again, it wasn't, it wasn't a major building, but it was a building, and it had some significance to us. But, but uh, for them, it was 
the things that stuck out to me was the professionalism. Um, they were calm. They were doing the things that needed to be done. And I also remember them watching out for each other. Uh, I think the EMTs were there handing out water to the guys that were taking breaks. They were taking turns, you know, next to the fire. So they were taking, you know, taking care of each other. Um, they were also making sure we were okay. Um, so that was, it was pretty neat. Um, yeah, and then I also, the, the involvement of the different departments. So we had, Henderson, of course, was there. Bradshaw was there. And Hampton was there. Um, the Henderson EMT was there. I can't remember if another EMT department was there or not. But then John was there. He was directing traffic, um, keeping the, I'm going to say rubberneckers away. Um, he stopped them at the corner. He let me by. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're just very blessed and to have a good quality crew, crews in our area. I mean, it's not just Henderson, it's Bradshaw, Hampton, you know, other crews too, that we're just very fortunate in our area to have some quality crews. And um, our police department, you know, we've been blessed for a long time. Milan served a long time in that too, and um, very, very fortunate in that. So, I guess all that to say, what I wanted to say at the very beginning, I would have been fine just saying thank you, but yeah, thank you to all of you that were involved in that situation. I think what you're doing here today is um, is just a, so important to be able to recognize those who are literally the hands and feet of Jesus in a world um, that sometimes resembles a pandemic of narcissism and self-interest and everything else and selfishness and here are people that are giving of themselves and so I'm just so grateful to be able to stand here and say thank you uh, to the first responders and Maybe a little different perspective is that <clears throat> I grew up in a law enforcement family. First 12 years of my life, my father was a Secret Service agent. We lived right, right outside of Washington, D.C., and he traveled with five presidents and, um, for almost 20 years. And um, I remember as a kid, when my father was gone, obviously most of the time, every time the president was gone, I would um, think that would be the last job I'd ever want to have in my life. <laughs> and to be away from your family and your kids and everything. And so I vowed never to let that happen. And um, at the bright age of 21, I, was, uh, I got thrown in the Nebraska State Penitentiary um, as an employee. And um, <clears throat> 10 years later, I was released from prison for good conduct and um, working in state and federal prisons and thought, you know what, I am so absolutely done with law enforcement, I'll never go back. <clears throat> that lasted two weeks. I raised my hand, took the oath of office in Hooker County, Nebraska, as a chief deputy sheriff. I was actually the only deputy sheriff. But um, they threw me a badge and a gun, and the sheriff said, I'm leaving town. I was like, what am I supposed to do? He said, just go out and enforce the law. So he gave me the keys to my cruiser. It was a 1996 Ford Bronco, green and white. It had two big fruit bowl-looking cherries up on top of it, and only one of which worked. I had a gun belt that would wrap around me three times and a, and a shirt from the previous deputy that hung down to my waist and I put my badge on it, it looked like I was wearing a belt clip badge and 
I was the model of professionalism. And this level of inadequacy began to rise because how can you ever be prepared for what you face on a daily basis? How do you ever feel like I'm sufficient to take care of these things? And, uh, and, um, and the sheriff left town and, and for two weeks and he says, um, <clears throat> oh, by the way, you're also the coroner. I, I, what's that? <clears throat> he says, well, if somebody dies, he says, you just, um, you got a little thingy in the back of the rig there. You know, you just, you put it in your ears and you just kind of put it on the neck, neck see if there's a heartbeat. If there's not a heartbeat, you go back to the office and type a little report called a coroner's report. He says, but don't worry, nobody ever dies around here. Day two, <clears throat> a call from our dispatcher. He said, I um, need to report a death of resident of Pioneer Memorial Nursing Home. <clears throat> it, just a second. Liar. <laughs> he said, said nobody ever died. And, the, and this level of inadequacy begins to rise even more. And there sat the, or began the career of 13 years as a deputy sheriff and a pastor at the same time. And I remember thinking um, early on as a student of God's word about what is the purpose of law enforcement, and it was struck to me that really they are law enforcement, emergency medical services, the hands and feet of Jesus. We live in a world created by God that was, has symmetry, order, purpose, balance, harmony. It was created with all of that, and yet sin destroyed that. And once sin came in, entered into the human race, and, and everything went chaotic. Um, vehicles crash. Planes wreck. Bullets fly. Bodies bleed. Criminals run. Relationships crumble. And emergency medical services touches all of those. And... I know that there are people here today who cannot unsee the things that they have seen. You cannot unsee. Or they have, you cannot unhear the things you have heard. The desperate cries of a, of a person hurting. And just a few nights ago, my son witnessed another person shoot another person and heard him beg for his life and, and scream as the man, as the boy shot him again. And talking about that reminded me of, of those people here today who have heard the same things. And I want to say thank you. Thank you because sin undo, undoes what God has done, but you attempt to put that back. You restore order. You restore peace. You put out the fires. You, in, you, you help those that are injured and hurt. You are undoing the things destroyed by sin. You are restoring creation. You're part of God's redemptive purposes on this earth, and I thank you for that. The second thing that I thank you for is that you reflect the sacrificial love of God. Willing to lay down your life, whether at the scene of an accident or a disease that you contract because of being with somebody or being hurt and putting your, your life in harm's way, you're simply fulfilling the role of scripture that God has for you. 2 Peter 2.14 says that law enforcement is sent by him, that is God, to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. They help people who have been hurt by others, but they also help people who are at risk of hurting themselves. And I, I thank you for that. In the course of doing that, in the course of avenging evil, law enforcement officers lay down their lives. And when they do so, 
as they step forward with that risk, they're fulfilling the supreme act of human love. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no man than this, that a man be willing to lay down his life for his friends. What does that say to those that lay down their lives or put their lives at risk for those they don't even know? In 2021, so far, 373 law enforcement officers have died because someone chose to put their lives at risk. And so as a community of believers, we say to those that serve us, thank you. Thank you so much for serving. Um, if you, at, at this point, uh, I'd like to do a prayer for our first responders, and so if you um, serve as a first responder or have served as a first responder, if, if you would please stand, you don't have to move, you don't have to do anything, but just please stand, I want to pray for you guys, and then we'll look at scripture a little bit. So, um, would you guys please stand up, let me pray for you, and then we'll, um, yeah. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you so much for those who serve, serve our community. Lord, we ask your protection, your blessing on them. Lord, they carry a, um, a burden that many of us will, will never see. And, uh, and so we ask that you would strengthen them, uh, that they would know your peace, your grace, and your favor, and guard over them, watch over them. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thank you. I also want to, uh, in this, include a word of thanks to the spouses. Um, accidents happen at unplanned, uh, inconvenient times, and oftentimes the people that pay that bill are our families, right? I mean, missed family events or sporting events, spouses have to take care of the kids on their own again or, or suddenly make different plans or they just get a phone call, the pager went off, and so now they're having to readjust their morning or their afternoon, or there's another night without you. Um, I, I get that, that when the pager goes off, that there is a part of you that, that loves that. Um, there is that adrenaline rush. That, there is that call to action that, that gets you fired up, and, and part of you just thrives on that, and, and you go out the door just ready to go. Um, but the spouses pay the price. They, they often pay the tab, the bill on that. We are often doing the things we love, but they are often doing this because they love us. And so um, to the spouses, I just want to say a huge thank you uh, because this, this could not happen without you. I uh, want to look at a little bit of scripture. Uh, we like scripture here. God is real. Jesus is real. Scripture is true. Uh, but at the same time, we recognize that sin is real and Satan is real and suffering is real and lies exist, and all of us are, are somehow affected by sin and brokenness and, and suffering in this world. Um, many years ago, I was able to take a wilderness first responder course, uh, one of the most fun courses I, I've ever taken. The, it was about a week long, and the morning was um, uh, like uh, lecture instruction time, and then in the afternoon it was uh, lab, and what they would do is they just had this old cargo trailer full of like 
uh, old camping stuff. It's like they just hit up every garage sale and bought all the old junky camping equipment, and then they would show up, and then they'd be like, okay, the guy broke his femur, fix it with ski poles and webbing, or, you know, just stuff like that, and, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, but at one point, the instructor, um, they, they were talking about counseling that, that was available because they're saying how just this stuff adds up. And one of them shares a, shared a story. He, he said he, they were driving along. He was with his family. Uh, they were on a mountain road, and they turned the corner, and there was the spot where years ago uh, he had responded to, uh, to an accident. There had been a car accident, and it rolled in the ditch. Uh, there were four people in the car. Uh, they lost all of them. All of them passed away. Uh, he said, he, I, he goes, I hadn't thought about that in years. He goes, but I, I'm with my family. I'm driving. We turn the corner, and there it is. And he just burst into tears just while driving, right? 2015, uh, they did a study. Uh, Chopke, uh, Palmieri, Adams did the study. They found that on average, in small and mid-sized communities, the average police officer will experience 188 traumatic events during their career. 188. Most of us will get like, I don't even know, three, four, maybe five. And it's, it's not the one that gets you. It's, it's like the 75th. Or the 97th, or the 120th, where finally it just, it just breaks. Many of these first responders carry an emotion of physical, a spiritual burden that uh, unless it's addressed in some way, like someday, just that bill comes due. A few years ago, we got a new ambulance here in Henderson. Um, I love the new ambulance. Uh, it's built on, on a Ford uh, F450 chassis, and so it's just, it's just modern, and it's new. We used to have this old one that was like a van, and like it had served well, but like it was old, and we kept burning through alternators because they couldn't keep up, and I, I think once it almost caught on fire. Like it was just time to go. Uh, and so I'm, I love the, the new ambulance, but as some of you know is that when you get an, a new rescue vehicle, you have to get it wrapped, right? Because they show up just like white. You know, but then you got to put all the logos all around the outside, you know, and like, why, like, wh- is it going to say Henderson Rescue or Henderson Fire and Rescue or just Rescue and like what kind of picture? And so you got all these decisions. And so we had talked through it and like there was an eagle that we were looking at. And then, but anyways, and, and we had eventually ended up going with a, a variation of what's called the Star of Life, um, which is a great emblem. I, I love it. And here's where, where I, I love it. The, the, the Star of Life is actually the official um, EMS logo. And so if you go to ems.gov, like they have a write-up on the Star of Life and, and its history. And the U.S. Department of Transportation actually has a little booklet that you can download about it and, and that kind of thing. This became, this officially got registered with the logo people wherever in 1977, but it, it actually has history going back before that and there, there's a little manual that, that talks about it, and like each of the, the um, go back to the, yeah, that's our current rig. You can see the variation of the Star of Life. Um, so kind of the six-pointed star, and each point is like, you know, detection and reporting and response and a bunch of other stuff I never remember. Um, but then in the middle, you kind of got that funny symbol of, of, 
of a serpent on a staff or a snake on a stick. I, sometimes I call it snake on a stick, but then I feel like I'm ordering something like in a Vietnamese restaurant or something. Be like, I'll take the rice and the snake on a stick. Hold the hot sauce, you know? Um, and it, it's interesting, and is, so I was looking up a little bit of research, and, you know, they'll typically say, well, it comes from the, the Greek god uh, Asclepius, uh, who is a Greek god of medicine, uh, but then he died because Zeus killed him with a thunderbolt. Um, and then he's often pictured with a, with a snake on, on his staff, and then you look around, and no one really knows where that, that comes from, but they think, well, maybe it's associated with healing because the snake sheds its skin, and so then that's associated with renewal. Oh, well, that's lame. Um, but then in, in, the, in the booklet, in this EMS booklet, at the very end, they just kind of have this passing comment uh, that said, well, there's also another place that talks about healing um, out of the Bible, out of Numbers 21.9. And then, like, that's it. Like, that's all you get. So here's the thing. The, yeah. Um, Numbers 21.9, I think, is a way better fit for, and, and, I, and I think, actually, there, there's evidence that that's really where this, this symbol comes from. Um, plus, the story out of Numbers 21.9 actually Greek, uh, predates the Greek mythology by about a thousand years. So it's actually possible that, that the Greeks actually stole this story um, from, the, uh, from the Old Testament. Let me, let me read to you Numbers 21, um, and you'll see kind of what's going on here. Uh, starting in verse 4. Uh, from Mount Hor they went out by the way of the Red Sea to go around the lake of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. And why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food, and there's water, and we, we loathe the food. And, and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many of the people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole, and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. That's a pretty miraculous idea that we have going on, that you can get bit by a venomous snake, and then just look at this pole and live. But, but that is the story. So Moses makes a statue, he makes it out of bronze, and it, and it has a serpent. And so when anyone is hurt, whenever they're bitten, all they have to do is look at this pole, and they're healed. And personally, that makes way more sense than a snake shedding its skin as a sort. Like, that just fits so much better as, as to where this emblem came from and, and why it's been associated with with ems for for so long just look at the pole look at the serpent and you'll be healed and so there's this sense that when the ambulance rolls up on the scene right in huge giant graphic picture symbol going back thousands of years we bring healing we bring rescue look to us let us help you let us help you live And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent, set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. Now, 
that's a pretty good story, but the story actually doesn't end there. There's actually a lot more to that story. Many people are familiar with John 3.16, arguably the most famous verse in all of Scripture, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Great verse. Lots of stuff in there. We could unpack that for a long time. However, very few people can recite or remember the two verses just prior to that, John 3, verses 14 and 15. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Heaven, salvation, peace with God, reconciliation with God, free gift, right? Can't earn it. Uh, you don't earn it. God offers it freely. That's the good news. The bad news, our sin separates us from God from the moment we're born. Just the smallest sin offense um, requires justification. God has a law. And he sticks to it. But recognizing that we cannot earn our salvation, God sends Jesus to pay our debts by dying on the cross. Someone had to pay. It was either us or Jesus. And so we can be reconciled through Jesus. And so, and so when Jesus is trying to convey that to all these people, when he's speaking to the Israelites, when he's trying to help them understand that we are condemned to die, but he is lifted up on the cross. Look to him that we will be saved and set free. He uses this example. The serpent on a staff, the snake on a stick from the Old Testament. Numbers 21 was really foretelling what Jesus would do when he came to rescue us on the cross. And I think this is just such a fantastic reminder that next time you see this, or first responders, next time that, that you're on the scene and that ambulance rolls up and painted in a huge giant logo on the side, we've got this serpent on a staff, and it is a reminder to us, it's a reminder to everyone there that Jesus came to rescue. That we can have freedom and healing and restoration and reconciliation just look to the cross in the same way that the Israelites look to that statue, to that serpent of the staff. That logo is our reminder that rescue is available to us, not just physical, but spiritual as well, too. I'm going to pray. Um, we're going to wrap up here. After this, we're having lunch. Everyone is invited um, I would, if you are a guest this morning, my one request is that you would go first, but then as you sit down, kind of spread out so that we can get to know you. Uh, that would be my, my only request. For the first responders, please know that you have our thanks, that you have our appreciation, that you have our support, and that you have our prayers. So, I will pray, and then we'll sing. Heavenly Father, this morning we come before you with a sense of gratitude. God, thank you for the salvation and the peace available to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for these, these logos, these, these, these emblems just embedded in our society that remind us 
that we can look to the cross in the same way that the Israelites look to a bronze statue. And Lord, for everyone here, whenever they see this symbol, may it be a reminder of peace with you. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.